My name is Dana Rudolph. I'm the founder of Teeny Tiny Treatments. Welcome to Teeny Tiny Talks, a platform where we speak to individuals who are changing lives and raising children at the same time. Lara Field is a pediatric registered dietitian and nutrition expert and the founder of Feed, Forming Early Eating Decisions. While working at the University of Chicago as a clinical dietitian, Lara saw the growing need to help families find their balance with food amidst their stressful lives. Lara knew that she could help them successfully manage health conditions, food and weight issues, and overall healthy lifestyles. With more than a decade of clinical experience, she has worked with over 1,300 families and has lectured around the country. When Lara is not running feed, she spends time with her husband and two boys, ages 12 and 10. I'm so excited to get to my chat with Lara, where we discuss all aspects of what it means to be fed. Hi, Lara. Hi, Donna. Welcome. It's so nice to see you. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Can we talk a little bit about food in the past 10 years? Have we made strides in terms of our understanding? So what I mean by that is like, you know, when I was in college, eggs caused cholesterol. Now we have enough data. And so we know that's a ridiculous thing. You can eat eggs. It's interesting. I, you know, I've been a dietitian now for almost 20 years and in that, and also have been interested in health and nutrition since being a child. And in that range of time, nothing really has drastically changed in terms of recommendations on how to be healthy. As a registered dietitian, my job is to look at the research and give consumers the facts. The whole idea is eat less and you will be healthy. There's been so much information that kind of has just been remanufactured. For instance, when we were kids, um, you know, cholesterol was bad. It was high fat, eggs, butter, those were the demons, right? And then as more research came about, people said, well, you can eat fat, it's totally okay. And we were adding butter to our coffee. But then when we kind of take a step back and look at it again, the reality is less is more. And end point is always just be mindful of the bad for you things and you will be healthy. That's, so that's the bottom line, less is more. Totally. Do you see your role sometimes as the psychologist rather than the dietitian? Are you playing? A hundred percent, Donna. So, you know, I would, I typically, so I work with kids and families and sometimes I work with just the parents. Sometimes I work with the kids or both. And I usually introduce myself to kids as somewhat like a teacher, somewhat like a doctor, somewhat like a friend. It's just my job really has so so many interesting parts. You know, there's a science background, understanding food, understanding our body and how it works. But then there's also this education background and trying to teach others and make these big concepts, you know, able to grasp. Um, But then also it's this really emotional support you know eating for adults and for kids is such an emotional experience it's so loaded food is loaded yeah well it's an emotional experience in general and you know because we eat when we are x you know but um also we all have so much baggage you know and so sometimes i find myself a little bit of a a mediator of sorts too (laughs) many times two different parents have two different understanding of how to raise their kids and two different perspectives of how to feed their children too. So it can be really, it can be interesting. (laughs) So like, what are some of the extreme cases that are coming into? Are we talking about 
childhood obesity. And then so, tell me something that's less extreme where you're like, actually, this isn't even a food problem. Sure, sure. Like so, well, it's interesting, Donna, because pandemic wise, yeah. I would say in the last, you know, almost a year, I've really seen a lot of um, childhood overweight and obesity. And I, I actually can't say over the last year, I'd say over the last four or five months, it's definitely increased. And it's, you know, both adults and kids, it's been really quite challenging. And, you know, in the beginning, it was like a joke, like, ah, we're going to gain the COVID-19. But honestly, it's really the lack of activity and exercises is been a huge impact for our kids. So overweight and weight management and kind of just general weight struggles is something I see all the time. But then I also have a lot of background in GI disease, so gastrointestinal. So whether it's, you know, celiac disease or food allergies or um, IBD, like Crohn's or ulcerative colitis, those are things that are very much nutritionally focused. And so I see a have variety- Have been triggered because of the weight gain? No, no, that's a great question. Not necessarily. It's just that was kind of, that's my practice in general. And then I would say I do have another- pretty big population of picky eaters, you know, selective eaters. So helping kids and families with that too. And then, you know, there's also this general, like, how do I feed my kid question? I can kind of um, really dig into this because I'm a mom myself. Working with parents to really literally learn how to feed their kids is one of my favorite and really big part of my job. That's so interesting. Um, talking about weight loss, have we made any strides with that in the sense that at least anecdotally, I have no substantial evidence towards this, but like I'll get an Athleta um, magazine in the mail and I love that the women are not a size two anymore, right? Totally. There's like yep. size 16 beautiful yep. models, yep. right? Yep. In, in those magazines and I love that. Have you sort of seen a shift Most in how people, right, see themselves and- most of it. There's a huge movement towards size acceptance. And, you know, it's really interesting because I think it's wonderful because then we're, you know, not pigeonholing, also pigeonholing health practices, like, oh, you're thin, so you must be healthy, but rather just making it known that all size matter because there is another movement that is talking about how overweight or obese um, people may not have any medical complications and that therefore it's okay to be that way. I'm great with the size acceptance. However, I want to make sure that everyone knows that there are many obesity related conditions that can happen in the future. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of physical limitations when we do have extra pounds on them. You're not saying people should be skinny. I'm not saying that there's only a certain type, right, but I do right. think it's important to make sure we're conscious and it's not just eating. It's also, it's also movement, you yeah. know? Right. I love that. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about what goes on in your house. Sure. <laughs> Great. So, so I've, I've seen you on, I watched several of your syndications, like when you're on the news and you're doing yeah. a cooking demonstration and, and you look so clean and put together and you make it look so easy and it looks sure. like so much fun and like I'm gonna have this much totally. fun with my kids and I, I don't know if it's just my children or like how I'm raising them but someone <laughs> ends up hitting somebody else there's like some disaster happening like what does your house look do you guys have the food thing down first of all do your kids eat my, so my kids Donna are 12 and 10 and I have two boys and they are 
awesome eaters. I don't want to say that I'm going to, it's all because of me. Yeah. I don't want to pat myself on the back too much. You probably established those habits really young. Well, they, both of them, you know, we have made a priority and it's not just me, my husband as well, learning where food is from. We do a lot of like orchard picking or, you know, various things. So I think from the start, my kids have really embraced food in a different way, but it's not perfect. And as I'm learning too, you know, I was so particular when my kids were starting solid foods and doing, trying to do everything right though. I didn't make everything. I definitely purchased stuff as well. Um, but then as they've grown, you know, they voice their opinion now. So it's really having this nice balance between the feeder and the eater, you know, I mean, as parents, our job is to be the gatekeepers of food in our house. We should know what we're purchasing, have it be our opinion and not their kids rather than asking our kids, what do you want? Right. And I do think that is a huge um, key step for families to make sure that meals are successful. Are meals sacred to you? Do you guys sit down for dinner every night? So the silver lining of the pandemic has been together at more meals. You yeah. know, um, my kids have been in virtual school this whole time, wow. which has enabled us to have lunch together even, you know, and have dinner definitely more often. Food is sacred to me, not necessarily just meal. My dad used to say, never skimp on food. It's almost like paying for insurance. 100%. There is an absolute investment in good food. Exactly. What would you say to someone, present company included, (laughs) whose kids, they're they're getting older now and they don't necessarily have the best eating habits. And sometimes I would say, I even, I think probably because I work so much, I feel so guilty. I have made five different meals in a night because I'm catering to everybody's yes. taste. Yes. And so when one of them who doesn't eat often wants chicken, of course, I'm going to make it because how could I, not, you know, so yes. how do I sort of get back on the wagon? hundred percent. Well, I think first of all, Again, you're the gatekeeper. You have to be in control. I think my number one rule, I would say, Donna, is never to make five different meals at a time because it just makes you more stressed, right? Yeah. I think, you know, coming together with our family and, and sitting down, honestly, and saying, let's think about what are the 10 meals that we all like and gather everyone's opinion. So I think giving our kids that opportunity to say, well, it's okay. It's okay if most meals are okay. Yeah, right. You're really busy. Yes. You have you have a thriving practice. Yes. What's hard for you in terms of raising children? Oh, Donna, <laughs> so much. Um, you know, I think it's this balancing act. I do have to say that COVID has helped our family kind of refocus a little bit, which has been awesome. Being a little bit more gentle on myself mm-hmm. has been something that I'm trying to do because it isn't always perfect. It isn't perfect. And I think that that's okay. I would say in my practice, in my family, just, you know, knowing that it's not perfect all the time and, and giving, being a little bit more gentler is important. Yeah. What is hard about what you do? Well, I would say the most difficult thing about what I do is to know that I'm being pretty intimate with their everyone's decisions you know I'm intimate with your livelihood in a sense of eating is such an important task for us all you know I'm a people pleaser I try to be the best that I can at my job 
And I think some the one of the most difficult things is when I don't engage enough or the right way to connect. You know, I feel a, like a like a, a huge disappointment if I if it doesn't work. And I think you beat, you beat yourself up hundred percent. And I think that the disappointment of not helping everyone. So it's not about being perfect, but it's about um, why couldn't I? Why couldn't? Why didn't they? Why didn't it work, right? And so I think- Do you think it has to do with being a woman? Um, perhaps. Like, does your husband suffer from the same thing? Does he <laughs> uh, we are very uh, driven um, professionals, and both of us, and really want to be at the top of our game, yeah. at the top of our profession, yeah. and try, do the best we can, and never say no. Do you come to points where you have to make a choice between work and- um, your home life, especially being someone who's so motivated and so driven. Some days I, I think of what kind of, you know, menu suggestions and meal plans and so forth that I'm making to, to others. And then I think, I don't have any groceries in my house yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and right. I don't know what we're going to do. That's a, a biggest um, frustrations. I'd say I try to dedicate only two nights a week uh, after school, later evening appointments, but I try to be very protective with that because, you know, I, I don't want to look back and regret, you know, what I didn't participate in, though I'm not there all the time, which I think is okay. You know, I, I think as a mom and a business owner and just speaking to other women, we don't have to be there all the time and that, that they are okay with that. And I think taking away that guilt sometimes is one of the biggest strategies to make us be able to do our job better. Yeah. What, speaking of what do you do for self-care? Um, well, I would say self-care for me is all about activity. Okay. You know, I am I am a runner. I love running and it's my special time. Since my kids were born, well, before that, honestly, but since they were born, my husband and I have always made a priority to work out. But I would say my biggest self-care um, mechanism to feel my best and as a mental component is definitely exercise. You do it first thing in the morning? First thing in the morning, because otherwise I make excuses. That's really great. And do you do it every single day? I am a six day a weeker. <laughs> so working out. Take one day you know, off. I take a day off just because we should. Being active for my kids too. I think that that's something that, you know, there's this role modeling component yes. that yeah. we can. That is so important. Yes. And that they see their parents yeah. like prioritize that and take time for themselves. Totally. Would you say in terms of your roles with your husband, are you guys on an equal playing field or do you feel like? Nope. We both have jobs, but actually. Yeah. You know, that's the, that's been the, again, the silver lining of pandemic is that we're significantly more equal, I'd say, which is awesome. What about pre-pandemic? Pre-pandemic, definitely. We were different, (laughs) most definitely. Because, you know, my job, I own my own business. I can make my own hours and it's not as, it was never, it was, it's demanding, but I could create my demand. You know, I, the carpool and meal prep and planning was definitely me. Um, and definitely, um, I think even the maybe emotional confidant for my kids sometimes when we were driving to soccer practice or a basketball game. But, you know, my husband has always been, it's really important for him to be part of, you know, their life and important to them. And 
Um, so I would say he always has always made time for them. And it's, it's been like their special time. Right. Which aspects of raising your children are different than how you were raised? I am an only child, Donna, as you know. And I would say that, you know, family was always important. However, I didn't have a sibling, you know, and my mom always really wanted me to make sure like friends were our family. You know, I would have plans with friends all the time. So I wasn't lonely, she would always say. And I'm very close with my parents too. And so in that aspect, the family is so important to me and our, our little unit now. Um, but also, you know, because, and my husband is an only child as well, mm-hmm. we we don't have a lot of extended family and or we have a lot of extended, not very close. And so friends are so important to us. Trying to cultivate two little gentlemen that are um, very dedicated to their own family, but also cherish our friendships too, you know? And I just hope that I can raise them to be, you know, have each other's backs for their life too. That's beautiful. Are you um, so happy that you don't have girl drama? <laughs> You hear well, about the girl drama? Uh, your I would say, I would say, God gives you what you can handle. Yeah. <laughs> These little boys are are so dear to me, and they're so good to their mama. I'm blessed with what I have. Right, right. That's beautiful. Do you think that there's a difference between how people perceive you and how you perceive yourself? For sure. I think I try to always actually maybe overcompensate. Don't you see me giving my kids desserts or, you know, or um, maybe kind of bragging about my, my lack of something. Our practice is really about practical solutions for busy families, being practical. I think that that's one of the biggest, um, I guess, outspoken things that I try to tell people is that you know, I, I get it. I'm, I'm just like you. Right. Has there ever been a point where the work just gets so overwhelming and you are like, I want to, I want to be done. (laughs) Most definitely. I think, um, you know, I think that's natural to really just be some days are super stressful or some weeks or months. And I would say trying to either slow down or, and, or ask for help when I need to. And I think that that's a a big tip in my practice in my life that just say no, or I'm done or, or rely on others. Um, and, and try to acknowledge when you can't, because I think that that's actually more important than doing a a bad job. You know, have you had good mentors? Oh my gosh. One of my favorite mentors, one of my, my biggest impacts in my career has been actually one of the doctors I used to work for. His name is Stefano Guandolini. He is a re- world-renowned GI physician that's expert in celiac disease. He was like our chief medical director of the GI team at University of Chicago. He is a family man by heart, um, loves to travel to Napa and drink wine, but also this brilliant GI doctor. And I think just learning from him as a clinician was so important to me. I really look up to him, look to him for advice in interesting ways. Um, But, you know, my colleagues that are registered dietitians, I definitely have a few that I've just looked up to forever and asked for help too. I think what's interesting about mentors is like you actually can learn so much when you watch them fail and and how they handle those situations. Yep. Yep. Most definitely. Oh, I, okay. Got it. Right. That's where the real learning comes in. A hundred percent. We're going to do a speed round. 
Oh, great. Okay. okay. I'm ready. Okay. Your greatest parenting hack, not having to do with food. Taking away electronics because I can't. Oh, that, that, that's very hard to do. <laughs> monsters. That is a hack. Okay. I'll take Definitely it. a hack. Okay. I'll take it. Okay. Um, best go-to dinner. I would say ordering in sushi. Okay. Okay. Yes. A lot of people give that answer. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, white lie. Oh God. Um, that I'm not good at speed rounds. (laughs) Is that the white lie? (laughs) Oh yeah. No, no, (laughs) that would have been funny, but no, um, I'm not confident with my eating all the time. How about that? Do you ever get out of control with eating? Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. Meaning yeah. like it might be that I, I'm, I literally don't have time to go to the grocery store and we're eating like things that are in our pantry that I was yeah. so embarrassed about. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Or, that was for the nuclear war. hundred yeah. percent. What is the last book you read? Funny. Um, Tiffany Haddish's memoir. Oh, <laughs> was it good? Amazing. Cool. A beauty product you cannot live without. Uh, Chanel mascara. Oh, really? Huh, the best for a long time. And I think mascara really makes you feel. Oh, I do too. I agree with you more. I've been a devotee of Dior for many years. Maybe I'm going to switch it up. Try it. Best show you watched in 2020. In 2020, we watched a Viola Davis did How to Get Away with Murder. And I think it was an ABC series. There's six seasons. And I want to say there's 15 episodes per season. We watched it every day for at least like... I don't know, two months. Yeah. It was quite an accomplishment, but cool. amazing. Okay, you have one minute to plug yourself. Tell us what you do, where we can find you. Sure. Um, my name is Lara Field. I'm a registered dietitian, and my, our website is feednutrition.com. Um, you can find me on Instagram at, at Lara Field and also at Feed Nutrition and on Twitter at Lara Field. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lara. Thank you. It was so really fun. Gotten at least slightly motivated to change some eating habits. We're going to start tonight. <laughs>